by Gods and Kings takes place in the world of Dunai and is based on the tabletop RPG. For more information on the tabletop RPG or for more information on the world of Dunai, please visit our website www.bygodsandkings.com. Chapter 1 The Forgotten Sun Dunai has always been a harsh world to live in, though Brex was the worst, at least once I came of age. Every city in Dunai possesses a charm and mystique about it. Each one has something to offer its citizens and its visitors. Unfortunately, after the ocean descended and the marshes of Despansia crept in around Brex, the city sunk into poverty. It was always a drab city with a tan, stone walls, and dusty stone paths. It was never the picture of wealth, even during abundantly prosperous times, but it was far better than it is now. I stepped into the mansion courtyard with the sun shining overhead. The servants were toiling around the grounds while my father was instructing the merchants where they were to head with their recent shipment of goods. My mother was tending to the flowers in one of the many gardens while all of my brothers were completing various tasks around the ground. It was a peaceful day, which was remarkably rare for me. I was the middle child of five with two brothers on both sides of me. Being the middle child is never advisable, but in my case, it was quite deplorable. I was loathed by both of my older brothers and hated by the fourth in line. The youngest of my parents' offsprings didn't particularly care for me either, though I know he didn't detest me. He and I were quite neutral with one another. I tended to keep to myself because it was the only way to avoid being abused. I never fought back when any of them took a swing at me, even though most of them never made contact. I was far too quick and elusive for them. Perhaps that's why they never liked me. Their adulation was not what I craved. My mother's love was all that mattered. Matralja Varent was a vibrant and beautiful woman. She was smart and had the most maternal and warm personality of anyone that I ever had the privilege to be around. She was nurturing, and where the rest of my family loathed me, my mother took me in as her own. I spent most of the hours of the day spending time with her and away from the rest of the family, because I knew she would protect me from their insults and their violence. I hated them, but the love of my mother is why I chose to stay. She yearned for a large family, something that my father was willing to provide her. My father, Tiberic Matralis, was an extremely successful and wealthy merchant. He inherited the merchant business from his father, who inherited it from his. It had been in the family for generations, along with a vast estate that sits just on the edge of Brex. He was tall and foreboding, with a booming voice that would command the room. The servants feared him, and his private army of mercenaries respected him. My brothers all looked up to him, while I could see right through him. He was afraid of losing power and influence, and once the ocean water started to rescind and the marshes formed, I could see him starting to panic. The relationship my parents had wasn't unusual, though I could tell they didn't marry for love. My mother was originally from Wurz, where her family owned a large shipping company that would send goods across the ocean between the continents. My father's would only ship goods along the coast and through the roads of Quor. The Varent family possessed a great deal of influence throughout the world, an influence that my father was jealous over. He craved the power that my uncle, Demarix, had. To be able to sway favor in Merdul, the gem of Urne in the largest city in Denai was something he craved, but could never have. His ships were not large enough to justify the trek to Urne regularly, plus taking the goods from various ports to the city in the center of the continent was near impossible. Demarix had those connections. My father did not. However, my father's inability to succeed at the intercontinental trade did not deter him from trying. His fleet was small and built for smaller treks, though at his disposal were two large seafaring vessels. They were old and held together by twine and good fortune, but they would make the journey from Brex East to either the port of Cape de Grasse or Brile. Because of the state of both ships, my father felt it just to not let them travel to the northern half of Ournay, but instead keep to the two closest ports to our manor. These ships would generate a lot of profit, but not enough to satisfy the coffers of my father. He needed them to be more lucrative to get more ships and more crews. Gaining an outpost in Ornay was always my father's goal. Too bad he couldn't tell the future. The War of the Gods was starting to come to a boil. 
Nine of the eleven celestial beings were choosing sides and openly battling one another for reasons to this day I still don't understand. I knew in the end where I would side, but that's another story for another time. The world was about to change for the worse for my family, and I was fortunate enough to be far enough away to stay safe. My parents did not talk much throughout the day. Though they shared a bedroom and a bed together, they did not speak unless we were all together, and it was usually my father saying something rude to her. My brothers would all remain quiet when he did speak to her, though my mother would never hold her head in shame or appear remorseful. She would stare at my father in the eyes and smirk. I think she knew what trouble he was in and how the world was changing. Her family was the only thing that could save him. It was a marriage of convenience. My father was given a lifeline to protect the world he inherited, while my mother was given the family she so desperately craved. My oldest brother was named Falaus, and he was quite the bastard. He was father's firstborn and naturally the heir to the business. He was just like father in that he was tall and well-built with an impressive beard to match his well-groomed hair. The light brown hue from his hair reflected the light of the sun while his brown eyes appeared full and vibrant. The servants hated him, because he would make demands of them that only my father would have the gall to. They would comply, but would scoff under their breath. My mother would scold him in private, but it didn't matter. Father demanded that the servants respect what we all demanded, and Philaus made sure they knew what his were. He stayed beside father for most of his adolescent life. Once he was old enough to walk across a ship or inspect a carriage, father kept him close. Philaus had to learn the tools of the trade so that one day he could inherit what was to be left for him. It was his birthright, and I can't loathe him for being born before me, but I can for him being an absolute bastard to me and those that I respected. I made it a point to be nice to the servants. I would go out of my way so that they wouldn't have to assist me with tedious things. My brother would be cruel to them because he could, and because it was what was expected of him. The other reason I loathed him was for how he hoarded the possessions that were sent to us by our uncle. Every piece of value he would claim, citing that it would assist him in learning the ways of the trade. Father never stopped him and mother rolled her eyes at his greed. She could see through him and I don't believe she liked how my father was raising him. My other older brother, by only a year, was Tigras. While Falaus was a bastard for his devotion to gold, trinkets, and other worldly possessions, Tigras's devotion to a deity is what created my disdain for him. He was slender and lanky, and I'm pretty sure Mother had a deep hatred for him that she refused to show. Tigras was always soft and quiet, but not in a polite manner. It was always as if he felt he was better than the family, especially our mother. She would go out of our way to praise him and shower him with affection, but he never reciprocated. He kept our mother at arm's length, which I loathed him for. However, my father loved that he chose to become a priest for the abomination of the seas. Because of the family business and how obsessed he was with increasing his coffers, having someone aligned with Xylene was welcome. With the marshes starting to form around the city of Brex and my father's access to the seas becoming inhibited, having Tigras devote himself to Xylene was a sacrifice my father was willing to make. Despondency was creeping in and turning the vibrant land around Brex into a sick quagmire, which made my father desperate. I'm not going to say that Tigras was my father's favorite, but he was viewed as the most useful. Falaus was set to inherit the business, but only with Tigras as a close ally. Beneath me in age by a couple of years was Adject, a brutish man with an axe to grind, and I do mean that literally. He was angry, short-tempered, and remarkably muscular. My father always thought Adject would become the family's muscle, and had he been given the opportunity, he may have been. During his youth, Adject would spend time out with the local blacksmiths and artisans, learning how to craft blades and other weapons to be used in combat. He was obsessed with learning how to kill others, which suited his temperament. He became such a devoted crafter, though, that my father had a forge built on our residence for him, in the hopes that he would devote his life to creating weapons instead of simply yearning to use them. Adject became gifted in that forge, creating weapons for all of my father's mercenaries and soldiers, but he never devoted his life to the craft. Instead, once he was old enough, Adject was sent north to Bortol, where he was trained in combat by the warrior clans who lived within the role. 
Father's plan was very simple for the family business after he passed on and met the goddess of law. While Falaus would run the business, he would operate it alongside Tigras and Adject. My father had no plans for me within the business, which to be perfectly honest, I was fine with. I didn't have any plans for him either. Once he realized that Adject had zero interest in becoming an artisan for his life's journey, he knew that having him as the family muscle would be ideal. The soldiers my father employed were loyal to him, but they loved Adject and looked forward to serving with him. The small army would go on without much delay or strife, so long as Adject was in control. Finally, my youngest brother by a little over five years was Zalorn. Of all my brothers, he was my favorite. He wasn't kind or even nice, but he left me alone, which was something that I never realized just how much I appreciated. Where Phileos, Adject, and Tigras would be scheming and trying to figure out ways to make my life miserable while also pleasing our father, Zalorn didn't care for any of that. Instead, he chose to walk the path of a scholar in the hopes of one day becoming an archivist. At a young age, and at my mother's request, Zalorn was sent to the far north, to the city of Castellas, where he would learn from many of the monks and scribes who resided there. My father hated the idea of him wasting his life in the service of history, but he also hated me for my decisions. Zalorn and I had that in common. Zalorn would trek down to Brex a few times a year to see our mother, who loved seeing the twinkle in his eyes as he entered the manor. She would greet him with a warm embrace and a plate of food, something he didn't get when up north. Our father never spoke to him beside the simple greeting and a brief farewell upon his leave, which our mother insisted that he did. Zalorn was brilliant, but my father didn't have a use for him. Fortunately, Zalorn was able to find one for himself. I was envious of his devotion to Darilius. I had no place in my life to serve he or any of the other gods, but I was envious that my brother could. He found a purpose serving for someone who tended to stay out of things, unlike Tigras. His god was a bastard in the worst sense of the word. So with my two brothers off serving gods, another forging weapons, and my eldest brother learning our father's trade, I was left to my own devices. I was left to become friends with many of the staff, taking the time to listen to them and help them where I could. I would travel into town almost daily and speak with the locals, all of which were polite and pleasant. Brex was unusual in that there wasn't a single temple in the entire city devoted to any of the gods. Most of the coastal cities had a temple to Xylade, but Brex was unique. There was no allegiance to any otherworldly being. My mother would send me into town daily to buy loaves of bread and other fresh fruits and vegetables from the merchants around town. The farmers would toil and produce very meager crops, but my mother felt it best to help provide for them just as the seas provided for us. My father hated it. He felt my mother squandered money to keep the people of Brex afloat. Looking back on it, he was right. She did help a lot of the people in Brex get by, but her reasons were just. The people of Brex needed her, and I think she enjoyed feeling needed. My father didn't need her, and he most certainly didn't appreciate her. I like to think her sending me to the city to buy up some of the townsfolk's products was her way of helping the community while also thumbing her nose at my father. The day my mother fell ill was the day everything in my life turned for the worse. I was sitting at the dinner table with my family. Father was at one end and mother was at the other, just as always. Tigras and Zalorn were both gone to serve their masters, but Falaus and Adject were still there to torment me. Our food was sitting in front of all of us, masterfully crafted by the chefs my father employed. One thing I can say I took from him was to never underestimate the need for having someone around that can cook. My mother's face was paler than normal as she tried her best to eat what was in front of her. Falaus and my father were both shoveling the contents of their plates into their mouths, while Adject and I both glanced over at our struggling mother. Excuse me, mother, are you feeling well? I asked politely. Of course, she's fine, Nathair, interjected my father with a mouthful of food. Don't be rude and eat. You'd hate for it to get cold. Yes, father, I groaned softly without taking my eyes off of my mother. I was concerned for her health. She had yet to bring a second bite up to her mouth, and it appeared as if she was breathing very slowly. I shifted my eyes over to Adject, who was noticing my mother as well. Father, I think something is wrong, stated Adject as he peered over to the head of the table. She's quite pale. My father sighed loudly and placed his fork down on his plate. He glanced up at my mother and scowled. Matraudia, will you please tell your two sons that you are perfectly fine? 
He exhaled loudly as a smirk and a nod came from my mother, which appeared forced and insincere. She gave in to his wishes, though I don't believe she was serious. There, you see? She's fine. He clambered before grabbing his fork again and going back to his food. If there is a problem with our mother, Nathair, then I'm sure she will tell us, stated Falaus rudely. Her health isn't any of your concern. She's my mother, swine. Of course it's my concern, just as it is yours, I retorted angrily. Falaus placed his fork down and pushed his chair away from the table. He rose to his feet purposefully and placed his palms flat on the table. He stared forebodingly at me while I held my seat, allowing him to stand over me and project his dominance. I knew he was going to try and hurt me for standing up to him, but Mother was someone I would stand up for. Falaus, save it for after dinner, quipped Father without looking up from his plate. If you want to toss him down the stairs, do it when I don't have to watch. Falaus seethed and lowered himself back in his chair with Adject chuckling beside him. Yes, Father, replied Falaus politely while keeping his eyes locked on me. The tension in the room continued to grow as the meal progressed. I kept my attention on my Mother while Falaus and my Father devoured what was in front of them. Adjek picked at his plate and made sure to get a bit in his stomach, but he also kept one eye on our mother. I respected him for that, though it was a fleeting feeling. My mother forced down a few bites before she smiled and pushed herself away from the table. She rose to her feet slowly and left the table, leaving the rest of us there. We all finished eating as she went to her bedroom. I took this time to eat the food on my plate that was still somewhat warm. After dinner, I left my plate where the servants could get to it and I stepped away into the mansion. My mind was focused on my mother as the thought of her sitting there in the chair, weak and motionless, weighed on me. She was a shadow of her normal self and I didn't like it. My mind dwelt on her and on nothing else. I entered the large great room where a fire was crackling in the hearth. The sound of the embers popping and the smell of the fire gave me pause and provided a distraction that I both welcomed and regretted. Falaus, still angry over dinner, approached me from my flank and grabbed me by my lapel before I could catch a glimpse of him. I didn't have a chance to defend myself. He tossed me toward the fire where I slid into the burning logs. My clothes were singed but my skin was fine. I got out of the fire quick enough for it not to harm me. Don't you dare disrespect me again, Nathair, shouted Falaus as he stomped toward me. I rolled over onto my side to see him plant his left foot onto the ground so that he could drive his right foot into my ribs. Quickly, I grabbed his right foot, blocking it before it could reach me. I spun around on the ground and swung my left leg out to meet the leg Falaus still had on the ground. My shin rammed into the side of his knee, sending Falaus crashing to the floor. I rolled over to my stomach and pushed myself up before he could regain his footing, giving me the time to scamper away from him. Unfortunately, my brother was there watching. Adject leaned against the wall and blocked my exit. You're not running this time, coward, he stated forcefully with Falaus picking himself up off the ground. Nathair, you've had this coming for quite some time. And it's going to wait a bit longer, I replied with my eyes back on Falaus. My eldest brother swung his right fist violently at me. I sidestepped it and pushed his arm toward Adject. He missed both of us, but I was able to get a bit more distance between Falaus and I as he recovered. I don't understand why you're doing this, Falaus. Falaus seethed and charged toward me. He lowered his shoulder to tackle me. With both shoulders parallel to the ground, I leaped up into the air and stepped on his back, forcing him to the floor. I ended my leap with a roll on the ground, rising to my feet gracefully with my brother on all fours. Adject was pushed to the side by one of the servants, prompting a look of anger coming from my younger brother. The servant scoffed and averted his eyes into the room, examining the state that Falaus and I were in. I see the three of you are keeping busy, he stated sarcastically. Falaus stood up and I stepped away from my older brother as the servant approached him. Your father has requested that the three of you head to your mother's chamber. She is not doing well. We tried to tell him that at dinner, I yelled angrily, prompting the servant to glance toward me reluctantly. Falaus shifted his eyes toward me as my rage was building. He told me not to concern myself with her health just as father did. He remained silent and shook his head while staring angrily at me. My heart sank as the servant spoke what I feared into existence. I knew at dinner she wasn't well, but hearing that our father has summoned us to her side only confirmed it. We made her into the chamber and her eyes never opened. 
She never saw us while we watched her take her final breath. I was crushed. Falau stood at the head of the bed, stone-faced and emotionless while Adject appeared to be in shock. He shook her leg, hoping to jar her awake, but to no avail. He was in denial, something I never suspected him of being. I knew he was stupid, but never too daft to see his own mother perish before his eyes. Upon the death of my mother, a great deal of things changed in my life. My father, still a very cruel man and one whose devotion was only to riches, was now forced to deal with his adolescent offspring. He wasn't very involved in our lives up until this point, but now he had to figure out what to do with us. Tigras had already begun his servitude to Xylene and Zalorn resided in Castellas, so he didn't have much to think about there. Adject was sent off to learn how to fight while Philaus was allowed to apprentice under our father to learn how to do the job. I, however, did not have any plans besides surviving, which I had become very good at. He invited me into his study, a place where he tried to go and disappear. We were never invited in there and we understood the penalties if we ever decided to enter on our own. Once the servant came and found me, I knew this was unusual. Mother had been dead for a few days and father was grieving, as he should have been. But upon the invite to his study, I knew something was amiss. I knew that a plan was set in motion that I was to be dealt with. I entered the study to find it remarkably warm with a large fire burning brilliantly in the hearth. The smell of smoldering wood filled my lungs while the decorum was different from the rest of the manor. While the bulk of the living space was cold and drab, my father's study was vibrant and filled with treasures that he had collected over the years. Model ships lined the shelving along the walls, and plush furniture was scattered about to provide a welcoming atmosphere for any dignitary or guest who was invited in. My father was sitting behind his desk with a stack of parchment in front of him. Several bound scrolls and tomes were off to the side, while loose parchment filled the area in front of him. He appeared gruff and unclean. In his grief, he lost his way to the bath. I can't say I blame him, but I always made sure to keep up appearances. Nathair, please come in, he announced as I took my first steps into the study. Have a seat. I don't want this to take longer than it has to, he continued rudely, something which I wasn't surprised by. Of course, father, I replied cordially as I approached one of the chairs. Is this one all right? My father glanced up from his parchment to see me standing beside one of the plushest and luxurious chairs in the room. Sure, that'll be fine, he affirmed. He held his head up and leaned back in his chair as I took my seat. I knew this meeting wouldn't be pleasant, but I had no idea what would emerge from this man's mouth. How are you? He inquired, though I knew he didn't care. He was simply making small talk and delaying what he was there to say. I smiled and shrugged my shoulders. Every day is a challenge, but I imagine we will all get through this together. We will, but there is something I need to tell you. He paused and stared deeply into my eyes, almost with a hatred brewing within the irises. Son, I don't have a place for you here in this manner right now. I'm sorry. I knew this was coming, but I didn't know how to react. Father, what? I asked innocently. I was curious to know what his plan was. I knew he would try to pawn me off on someone just as he did the rest of his children. What do you mean? I've made arrangements for you to go and stay with your uncle in words. A carriage will be here to escort you this evening, and I expect you and all your possessions on it, he stated firmly. When you're of age, perhaps I can find a use for you, but right now, there isn't one. Going to live with my uncle was not the problem, as I loved the old man. I was nearly just as close to him as I was my mother. The problem that I was forced to reconcile with was that I was being evicted without much notice. I knew my father would try and find a place for me, though I expected it to be somewhere within the city of Brile. He knew I was remarkably good at gathering information and staying well hidden, so I was under the impression he would try and utilize my gifts, not cast them aside. My father saw three of my brothers as useful. He saw Zalorn as a problem he would never have to solve. I had skills that could have been useful to him, but instead of helping me harness my gifts, he sent me to the north. Fortunately, where my father saw me as a nuisance and a burden, my uncle saw me as a weapon that simply needed to be sharpened. We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. More content will be coming out on a regular basis. For more on By Gods and Kings, please visit www.bygodsandkings.com or www.scriptcrypt.com.